it is kind of scary recording a podcast when you're on the Ventura beta and I am on a stable Mac OS, right? Mm. Like this dramatically increases the likelihood of something going wrong, right? I think we've already done one episode with me on Ventura though. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, never mind. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Welcome to episode 445 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Lovin. And I'm Marshall Bach. Welcome back for another episode. Brian, what have we got on the docket for today? Oh, Marshall, we got a busy, busy docket. We're going to talk about a desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we're going to talk about uh, Figma file hygiene over in the sidebar. So uh, before we get into that, we have some new, very important pixels. We have joined the fam. It's been a little while. Uh, so thank you to all the new VIPs who are in for your first sidebar, although hopefully you've been going through the backlog. Anyways, huge shout outs to Hayden Christensen. Should we say anything about that? Yeah, I, uh, what? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had to double check because every time I think of Hayden Christensen's name, my brain does this thing where it's like, oh, you mean Christian Haydenson? So when I saw this, I was like, wait, <laughs> yeah. is it Christian Haydenson or Hayden Christensen? Oh, it is Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. Anyways, Anyways, I bet Hayden's never heard this before. Thanks, Hayden. Continuing on, shout out to Akshay Darap, Brian Lalu, Parag Jayaram, Alex Nelson, June Park, Steve Raskin, Rob Gill, Nick Mernick, Claudia Milsarek, Malavika Kapula, and Aditya Jaya. Hey, welcome what do you everybody. Think? You know what stood out to me is that if Nick Mayernick ever became mayor, oh, he'd be Mayor Nick Mayor Nick. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, welcome everyone to the fam. Come on in. Be sure to catch your first sidebar. If you didn't know, we're a listener-supported podcast, which means that every week, lovely human beings from around the world, like the people whose names we just mentioned, people just, just like, like you, you. Uh, they join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash design details, where for just a buck a month, they get access to bonus episodes every other week. We call that the sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. It's a little extra bonus listener question, something like that. This week, we are answering a listener question, talking about Figma, file hygiene, and how do you keep your structure nice and tidy so if you want to hear marshall talk about that and get access to our backlog of sidebars that is happening at patreon.com slash design details okay marshall shall we we shall let's get into this main topic brian you sent me a link earlier today yeah so we have uncovered something called the lumina desk i guess lumina is a company that also makes a webcam and they're making a desk and there's a wait list and everything but they put out their landing marketing page and it's really interesting. It is a desk with a screen built into the tabletop. And they spend quite a bit of time on the marketing page talking about that. Some of the other notable features is wireless charging built into the tabletop. So you can just set your phone right on it if you have a Qi-supported wireless charging device. And then cable management. So there is a single cable that powers the desk and also powers an array of outlets and USB-C ports built into the back of the desk, nicely tucked away under a little retractable cover so you can hide them if if you don't need them. And uh, what else? Um, I mean, there's like, there's a scheduled standing mode. There's apps. They're like trying to introduce a developer program so people can put stuff on this really weird screen. 
that is built into the desk. Uh, it's like it looks cool. It looks like Westworldy, but boy, oh boy, does it raise some questions in my mind. So that's what the desk is. I think maybe before people, if you're hearing this, before we go on, you should click the link in the show notes or go to getlumina.com slash desk. This is not paid promotion. This is just an interesting as hell desk. Uh, the landing page is kind of cool too. So Very Apple-y, transformative as you scroll, but doesn't feel like scroll jacking too bad. So Yeah, they only have like a couple transitions like that. Yeah. But yeah, anyways. Um, Gotta do it. It's mandatory now. Yeah, yeah. All right, tell me, tell me your first impressions when I sent you this link today. Okay, so my first thought was, oh great, another sitting slash standing desk. Uh, but then I saw the screen and I was like, that's interesting. I've seen mirrors with screens in them. And my first thought is like, is this touch screen? And in digging in, it looks like it says that it works with Windows or Mac OS. So that makes me think that you plug your computer into the desk, if not always, at least like periodically. I don't know if it's talking to your computer. Or there's a... Anyways, so like my brain went off on this whole tangent of like, how the fuck does that work? How does it have my information on the desk to even display it on that screen, let alone the quality of the screen? And is it a touch screen or is it just a display? And then, uh, you know, I kind of rolled my eyes at the standing sitting thing. Uh, full disclosure, I have a standing sitting, like, you know, powered raise and lower desk. And I don't think I've ever used it standing. I, I told myself when I bought it, oh, yeah, I'll stand and maybe even like get a treadmill and walk. I never fucking do that shit. Anyways. But what was interesting about this is they have a built-in kind of timer situation so that you can like set a time where you will be standing during the day. It automatically raises and lowers based on your schedule. That's kind of an interesting addition to the to the way of thinking about a desk. So like, okay, they did the normal thing, but they, they added a little spin to it. So I appreciate that. Uh, you mentioned the ports in the back, which are hidden by these kind of flip-up panels. Uh, and in the back, there's... I think they said six six outlets yeah, six, six usb-c six yeah. outlets yeah and six usb-c and i was like how does that work because all of their marketing photography of course has no wires not even the monitor nothing yeah all the, the monitor is not shots. even plugged in yeah, yeah. nothing yeah. is plugged in so like they have this feature <laughs> i'm like why aren't you showing i mean it's ugly and i get it and i like marketing and everything but like it's a feature like show it working even in the in the parts where they are talking about it they're not actually showing it working <sighs> yeah. but what uh, they don't really talk about is there's a little gap between the solid tabletop and these flip-up panels. So there's room for the cables to go down in there. You don't have to keep the panels up all the time when you have something plugged in. Which is nice. Which is nice. That's cool. My, yeah. my current desk that I have is a, an Evo desk. Uh, link in the show notes if you're interested. We're not, again, not sponsored by anything, but... Uh, it has a rectangular cutout in the back center of the desk that has a cover that doesn't quite fully cover the rectangular hole, leaves room for cables to go in. Uh, it's a really useful feature, but to have the entire back side of the desk be these panels, two separate ones, and then not only that, but have the power strips built in, again, full disclosure, I have two power strips, like two 12 outlet power strips 3m velcroed to the bottom of my desk so that like i don't have any wires hanging down and then i just have those two power strips plugged into the wall 
so that it's a minimum number of cables, but like everything is so hacked together, but like, you know, like sticking stuff to the bottom of the desk. Anyways, it's, it'd be really nice to have all this shit built in. However, I think six outlets is maybe too few uh, for my set. Potentially, except I, I was thinking the same thing, but then they have six USB-C and a lot of my outlet usage is plugging in chargers and shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you want to talk about this screen and apps? Yeah, like maybe yeah. we should let's try and like play designer here. Well, I'm right? kind of curious. Like, like, did I did I cover all the bases as far as like the features of the desk outside of the display? Like stuff that you're thinking about those panels and the outlets and everything? Yeah. I mean, there's some interesting stuff like with the wireless chargers built in. It's two zones, two 20 inch by 20 inch zones on one on the left side and one on the right side. And in the, the marketing video, like the phone is placed on the table and like these white lights like pulsate from around it wherever the phone was placed. So I'm like, wait, what the fuck? So like there's LEDs underneath that too. Is this, is this just like a marketing thing or is there actually like this interaction? And otherwise, what we're seeing are 3D renders. And in the renders, there is zero indication of where the charging zone would be. Which I don't think matters that much because it's your desk. You're going to sit at it every day. You'll kind of build muscle memory around it. But the thing is with Qi charging, like if something is misaligned by half an inch, it will like not complete the circuit. And so it does have to be in that zone. But they say 20 inch by 20 inch, which is huge. Yeah. That's over <laughs> foot and a half plus squared on each side. Right. Yeah. Well, um, that's. The, I mean, it's getting into the what was it called? The air pad or what was the charging? Uh, uh, air uh, apple juice. Yeah, I can think of was apple juice, dude. That's the only like. Yeah, what's the air power? Air, air power, power. Air power. Yeah, that was, and that became a problem because they were saying we want to provide a wide area where it doesn't matter where you put the phone or whatever it is; it'll always yeah, charge. But it became a like an overheating issue. So I don't know. Maybe there's a yeah. lot more surface here that they can get away with that. I don't know. Well, there's more surface, but even in one of the marketing shots, they show a phone and AirPods on the same zone. And the problem that AirPower was running into is exactly that. Like you need the coils to be spread across the zone so that when you place something arbitrarily on it, it will encounter, you know, some I don't know exactly how it works, but it'll encounter some significant overlap of those coils so that it can charge. And then when you have multi-device, it needs to be even more dense Then you run into the heat problem. So when I saw this stuff, I'm like, this feels like vaporware. There's no price on this page. There's a reserve button. Here's what I think is going on is they had this idea. They put together a marketing page. They put up a reservation form and they're seeing if they should even try it and build this. Like this feels like something that's not actually possible. Um, If it is, that's really cool. But we haven't even gotten to the screen yet. So yeah, besides the screen, I think you covered everything. Oh, uh, the material of the the desktop is glass, anti-glare glass. And then it says the screen area itself is a 60 hertz, 1200 nit, fingerprint resistant, oleophobic coating. What's oleophobic? Uh, is that oil resistance? Resistant oils, yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that was weird to me is there was a screen. I'm trying to find it. Uh, at the very bottom, when you get to the tech specs, there is a top-down view of the desk, and it shows like a discrete zone for the screen, cut out, almost like etched in. But every other render of this table does not have that zone. So 
one more data point to this is not a real product. This is literally just all marketing renders. Well, and this is the thing that I started thinking about is like, okay, there's a contiguous glass surface across the top. So that's good. You don't have like wood and then a different surface for the screen. Okay, cool. But typically, the screen can't be right up against that glass, and there's going to be a little bit of a gap, which creates a shadow, and you'll see the recess that the display sits in, and it won't feel, it'll feel like there's a screen under your desk rather than there's a display on the surface of your desk, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You want to talk about the apps? Sure. So, Marshall, they have a bunch of example apps. Obviously, none of these are real but a few that we can call out. So we've got Google Calendar, Google News, Slack, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, Robinhood, Health, Messages, Clock, Weather, To Do. And a lot of these things afford interactivity. For example, the the Slack one and the Messages one, it literally just shows you a bunch of push notifications. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, can you tap on it? And in a couple of them, it actually shows you stacked push notifications, which implies that you could unstack them and then the instagram example is a feed where half of a photo is cut off which affords scrolling right so i'm like okay so then this thing is gonna be touch sensitive i'm like hmm i touch my desk a lot Uh (laughs) like do i want touchable surfaces here like what's possible but then the obviously like the next logical thing to think here is like what do i want to look down while I'm working. It's almost like the opposite problem for me of, you know, one of the the reasons Steve Jobs said that they never put touchscreens in a Mac is he's like, well, it's really uncomfortable and awkward to be constantly like reaching up and touching the screen. Gorilla arm, he called it, right? Your arm gets heavy. Okay. So I feel like the inverse of that here where like you're sitting at your desk and we'll call it gorilla neck where like (laughs) you really got to look down to see the screen or the apps in a readable way when you're at your desk looking straight ahead at a monitor it's like this weird ergonomic thing so i don't know this is some of the commentary also that i'm seeing on twitter is like what is the point of these apps like do you really want a twitter feed here do you really want the news here especially these things that afford touching them and i think one of the big unanswered questions for me is like what happens when you touch these is it connected to your computer in some way mm-hmm. like if you touch a notification this is what open i was talking about yeah how's it connected to your computer like is it updating yeah. these things live uh, over wi-fi or bluetooth or something or and how's it talking does it need to be a connection or is it just treating this as an external screen that you're running a special app on yeah plus like uh, are they working with all of these companies to to provide or is this just all web views like well half of these when you look click like the Apple reserve things. when you click the reserve button they have this little check box at the bottom to request a developer invite so that is telling me like people will be able to build apps for this and like ship apps to the thing so we'll have an app store yeah like so many unanswered questions well here here's a observation brian i'm looking at these stocks widget and it's pre-google split so this had to have been several weeks ago that these mocks were made oh sharp eye sharp eye Oh, yeah. I bet we, they also have uh, some headlines. I bet we could Google these headlines from the news and see when they were actually published. So, I, yeah, I'm looking at these widgets, and a couple are actually kind of interesting to me if they're interactive in some way. I'd say the one that is most interesting to me is calendar. Maybe the second one would be weather. And then the third would be the music player. 
those seem kind of cool to like look down at your desk and have like the stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be super interactive. Like maybe there's a button or two, but otherwise it's just the weather and your next upcoming event on your calendar. Uh, are any of these compelling or interesting to you or like none of the others, like who the fuck wants to read Twitter on their desk? Like that feels very out of place here, but yeah, I mean, so I kind of already have this. I have a 12.9 inch iPad that I already had for other reasons sitting off to the side of my desk and on my home screen for my work focus I have these home screen widgets already set up. I have a stock ticker widget. I have a news widget. I have my calendar widget. I have my to-do list widget music. I can just see all that stuff at a glance. I'm already doing this, but I also can pick it up and take it away and it's an iPad at that point. You know what I mean? Having it built into the desk seems like an extraordinary waste of a screen or I don't know. Seems like a lot of money to pay for something that you could already pay the same. I'm guessing the same difference of this compared to a normal desk price. Just, <laughs> just buy, buy an iPad. Just buy an iPad. Yeah, this desk is going to cost at least two thousand bucks, right? Right. Then you also have an iPad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Here, here's what I think they should do. I think they should just sell this desk, drop the screen idea, but keep wireless charging zones, all the cable management and outlets and ports in the back. That's it. Well, that's the thing. That's the pr- that's the production <laughs> I would, card. I would buy that desk instantly. I just don't need this fucking screen that isn't solving a problem, right? But aside from the screen, Brian, this is just every other desk, just a little bit better, right? Which is fine. I would pay for a little bit better desk. That doesn't that get headlines. We wouldn't problem. be talking about this if it was just a we, really But we nice wouldn't desk. be talking about it. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So they kind of have to do the screen thing. But yeah, they would be smart. I'm sure they're taking feedback and like listening to people. Give me the light version that's half the price. It doesn't have a screen in it, but has every other feature. And I'm good. Yeah. It's just an interesting like design prompt, right? It's like everything that someone will put on this desk will be competing with the value prop of the desk. You're going to put your phone on it. If you have an iPad, you're putting your iPad on it. You, the main thing, of course, is your monitor or your, your laptop. Presumably, this this desk actually means that you must have a monitor because if you're using this with a laptop, then, well, your laptop is on top of the screen. So you must have a monitor to use this desk. Mm-hmm. Also, God forbid that monitor has a weird-shaped stand and the stand like <laughs> yeah. is one of those V-shaped ones that is over the screen. Yeah. I mean, it looks like there's some space, but there's not that much space, right? In some of these mocks, it's like you got your keyboard, you got yeah, your, your mouse, keyboard. and you got your monitor. There's no space for, for VESA mounting, right? Yeah, we're where does a vase amount? Or, or yeah, yeah. Where does the arm go? I guess it have to go on the side. Now I'm worried about crunching the glass top. I don't know. I feel like there are answers to these things. Like you could move those widgets around, and if you don't want to have all of them visible all the time, then like there's room for your keyboard and still some widgets and your monitor and everything. But I don't know. That seems like a lot of compromise for something that's probably very expensive. What would you think about? What if they put this screen on the side? Like if one, the left fifth was a screen and then the right fifth was all charging zone. I don't know. Just doesn't solve a problem, but it just feels like the placement in the dead center of the the desk is going to run into all these issues, right? Oh yeah. You're going to have, oh yeah, we called it Gorilla Neck earlier. Gorilla Neck, yeah. It's still the same problem of like, I find myself looking at my phone on my desktop, looking down at it and it hurts my neck (laughs) after a little while. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Dude, you know, it'd be kind of cool. You know what they should do? This isn't practical at all. I actually, what as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, oh, I should, I should take a few hours and design my perfect desk. But mm-hmm. it would be kind of cool if they built a system into like maybe let's call it the lower right 
quadrant or the lower left quadrant, whichever one, where you could put an iPad in it and it could sit flush with the desktop. And so you could have it be like with the pencil, you know, like you can reach over and sort of just scribble on your desk almost as though it's the, the piece of paper. And then there would be a way to like stand the like a, a built-in stand or tilter or prop up thing. So now you want to flip over to, you know, in the same way you have your iPad on your desk on the keyboard using the keyboard as the stand. What if the stand was built into the desk? I know this isn't practical at all because iPad shapes and dimensions are going to change, but there's something interesting about like, can this desk make my current devices more awesome or feel like it's part of the experience of using a desk, which is I'm reaching over and scribbling something. Why shouldn't I be able to scribble on my iPad, which is going to my notes, which will then be synced to my computer, right? Yeah. I don't know. Do that's, you rem- well, I mean, it's dumb because your iPad's already on your desk. No, it reminds me know. of, do you remember, there was a, I think it was a Microsoft prototype oh, a yeah. long time yeah, yeah. ago. I know what you're talking about. It was, a, it was a monitor. It was like the form factor of a monitor. It kind of looked like an iMac, but you could pull it down towards you and it would angle up like a drawing tablet, right? I think they're showing off their whole new suite of like Microsoft. Dude, this is still stuff. a thing. It's called the uh, Microsoft Surface Studio. Yeah, which is kind of what you're talking about, or at least that's where my mind went when you're talking. Yeah, about. it's kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah if, the, if it's this thing that can be be the monitor or be the tablet. I mean, there's a whole line of I think it's pronounced Wacom, but I always said Wacom. Anyways. They have a Cintiq line, which is a stylus monitor, and they make them big. Mm. Yeah, so that, I'm looking at some other examples of, like, touchscreen tables. Like, that's kind of in that zone where, like, it's the whole surface, right? Like, this thing is designed for interacting with the screen, and not the screen is, like, a way to augment the thing that you're doing on your computer, which is sitting right above it. Well, that, that was the eponymous original Microsoft Surface, right? It was, like, a tabletop. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's uh, stand by, see what happens. My guess is, and I think we're, we guess the same thing, is this is a made-up thing that they put a reserve button on to gauge interest to see if they should actually figure out how to do it. Maybe there's a prototype somewhere for like some of the wireless charging, but like, I will tell you what, if they showed, if they showed a video of, a, even if it was still like a render, but like showing a human hand interacting with the screen, it would make this more interesting because right now there's just too many unanswered questions of like, okay, but what happens when you touch something, right? <laughs> it looks like I can touch it. There's buttons that, it looks like I can, that touch I can it. normally it, click on or touch. Yeah. But like, yeah, like what it, what happens if I click on one of those news articles? Does it convert that widget space into a web view and load whatever the New York Times mm-hmm. on the little widget? Or again, this big question of like, what the fuck does it mean that it's compatible with Mac and Windows? So yeah. view only All right. is my guess. But yeah. here's the thing. They should make this desk sans display and it'll be a great fucking desk it'll probably be 100 one of the best i think i would buy it i think i would yeah. upgrade it if it didn't have the dis- the display i would probably buy this you know i would buy it if it had a crescent cutout at the front yeah the cutout can be nice my current desk has that with a nice bevel so you don't cut your forearms if you leave them resting on the front edge of the desk my guess is this would be pretty uncomfortable long term but yeah i mean feature wise again aside from the display this is a really nice desk. They should make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Let's move on. Job board time. Job Marshall, board. Do, we do, 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 jobs. People are hiring. Even in the current market, people are looking for great design talent. First up is Current. Current is on a mission to help people create better financial outcomes for their lives, and they're hiring a talented senior mobile product designer with great visual design and UX skills. You'll be involved in the full product development cycle from early research and product strategy to design and developer handoff. 
That's current. Link in the show notes. We also have Glow. Glow is building the most elegant, powerful, and reliable crypto wallet. To do this, they need great designs, ones that are simple, familiar, and smart. Their small team is growing, and you'll work closely with the team to craft new user experience patterns for interacting with crypto that will become the new normal for millions of people in the future. That's Glow. Next is Webflow. They're hiring designers across various product pillars focused on growth, collaboration, the designer, and site capabilities. This role is remote first with the option to work out of their San Francisco office. It's Webflow. And lastly is Materialize. Materialize is building a reactive database to disrupt batch data warehouses like Snowflake and BigQuery. And they're looking for the first full-time in-house designer to come in and own the product design for Materialize Web UI. Technical and developer tools experience is a huge plus. It's Materialize. Awesome. Thank you to uh, these companies who are looking for, for designers. If you are on the market looking for an opportunity, click the links in the show notes and uh, apply. We've got great companies out there uh, trying to grow. So Nice. Cool things. Time. Cool Marshall, things. Should I go me, first? Tell me something cool. All right. Boy, do I have something cool for you, Brian. It's something actually that I was expecting to not be cool and was pleasantly surprised that it was cool. It's Prey. The like seventh sequel to the Predator franchise, or I don't know, I think it's like five or something, but still uh, a lot of movies. And I am a huge fan of the first one. I watched it as a kid, probably too young to see it when I saw it, but love that movie. And it's become a cult classic. And aside from the second movie, which I think is okay, I liked it more as a kid, but in retrospect, it's kind of an okay movie, but I still like it. All the other movies are absolute shit, especially the newest one. Like, was it Predators or whatever? And then I guess the one with Adrian Brody where they're on a planet, that one was okay. But like, they've all, none of them have measured up to the first movie. The newest movie in the franchise is called Prey from director Dan Trachtenberg of 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I didn't realize until I saw the credits at the end. I also watched him a ton back in the day on Totally Rad Show, if you're familiar with that, from like 20 years ago. Uh, he directed it, and it is, it's very much in the same kind of realm as the first movie. Like, it's not as campy as the prequels had become. It's not over the top. It's a very kind of sober story. It's still kind of superhero-ish a little bit, but, like, it's a very um, interesting time. So it's set in the 1700s in America, and the protagonist is a Native American woman, like a teenager or so. Um, and an alien shows up. Do you mean a predator? Uh, yeah, a predator who is an alien. Yeah, it totally could have copied the first movie, and there are similar beats. Like I said, it has a similar vibe as the first movie, but the ways that it could have just done the tropes or copied or done a callback for fucking fan service or whatever, they don't. And there's actually one point at which I'm like, oh, okay, this is, okay, it's, it's like the first movie. It's not exactly the same, but we'll end up at the same place. Okay, I see where we're going. And then the very next scene, I was like, oh, fuck, we're not, we're not going there. All right, cool, awesome. I'm actually really glad that we didn't do that again. All right, cool. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. I liked all the way through the acting from some of the tertiary characters isn't super great, but generally like the CG is pretty good. It's not awesome. You can tell it's CG, but it's pretty good considering the budget I'm sure they had. The way they approach the Predator is super cool. He doesn't look like the Predator from the first movie. You can tell from his face, like he looks like a different person, the way, or, you know, like a different member of the same species, the way different people's mm. faces look different, but you can tell, you know, uh, and the, the fact that it is, you know, a Native American woman in 1700s 
like adds a whole other dynamic to it. There's no Marines yeah. showing up with automatic weapons, you know, so that's a totally different way to approach these movies. There's even a tie in to like the overall lore of the Predator franchise at the end of the movie, which was a nice little treat. Anyways, it's actually a good movie. Like if you like Predator, you'll probably like Prey unless you're like a stupid incel who doesn't like uh, female protagonists. But if you get <laughs> go over that, uh, it's a How do you really feel, movie. Marshall? Well, of course the internet is like, you know, there's some people who hate it because like, oh, the girl power, blah, 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 whatever. It's a good movie. <laughs> Okay. I enjoyed it. I think you yeah. will as well. Dummies. Okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. That Hulu. 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 Right. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Yeah. I think it was originally intended for the theaters, but it was like straight to Hulu. But if you got Hulu, it's free. All right. Well, my cool thing this week is also a film, Marshall. Mm. Have you uh, heard of Bullet Train, the new Bullet Train movie that is in theaters? Oh no! All I can think of is uh, it, when I saw the title, all I could think of was Train to Busan, but that that isn't this. I'm sure. Yeah. So this movie. I didn't know a gosh darn thing about it. Had never seen a trailer. I think I'd saw a movie poster somewhere. Had no idea what it was about. But on the movie poster, the main actor standing in the middle of the collage is Brad Pitt. So it's a fucking Brad Pitt movie. I'm like, okay, okay. So I went in to uh, see Bullet Train totally cold, which I highly recommend everybody else do. Go in cold, no trailers, no spoilies. Yeah, and so I won't I won't give any spoilers here, but I will just say it was a fun ride. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, funny enough, like the ratings aren't as good as I thought, or like it's one of the times where the ratings are lower than what I thought. Um, the audience score is pretty good. It's a seventy-seven on Rotten Tomatoes. If you care about that thing, the critic score is fifty-four. And as you know, Marshall, I think you taught me this. When the audience score is higher than the critic score, it's a great opportunity to just go in and turn off your brain a little bit uh-huh. and just have fun, right? Yep. So uh, Bullet Train. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I think not. But uh, when it is, you'll have to watch it. I would watch it again with you. And then people are venturing out in the theaters like I did. Definitely check it out. Cool. cool. Cool thing. I'll check that out. Cool. Uh, well, this has been episode 445 of the Design Details podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Let us know what you thought. We're on Twitter, as always, at Design Details FM. Tweet at us, DM us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you are enjoying the show and want to hear us keep talking about design stuff, we're going to be over in the sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. Sidebar is our extra bonus content for our Patreon supporters. That's patreon.com slash design details. You can support us for just a buck a month. Just a buck a month. And you get access to that bonus content. Today, we're going to be talking about Figma file hygiene. So if you want to hear Marshall, the master of all Figma file hygiene tips and tricks. Don't do that. That's at patreon.com slash design details. That's it. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Okay, so the more I think about it, the more I realize, like, I'm actually already doing this. I already have this, Brian.
It's just that I have an iPad on the magic keyboard or whatever they call it. The Is that what it's called? Magic keyboard stand thing for the iPad? What's it called? Uh, magic keyboard. Is that what it is? Isn't that, what, what do they call the actual keyboard? Is that also the magic keyboard? Yeah, ma- yeah, magic keyboard. But then the, the, the iPad stand slash case that has a keyboard attached to it. What's that called? I think it's also the magic keyboard. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm losing my mind over. Okay. I was thinking. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. We got to resolve this. Yeah. Apple.com mm-hmm. has the magic keyboard for iPad. Okay. For iPad. Got it. All right. For iPad. Ugh. <laughs> okay.